take my word for it, this is a rabbit hole you don't want to dive down. Viewer discretion advised. It's my own design. It's my own remorse. Help me to decide. Help me make the most of freedom and a pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever. Everybody wants to move. There's a room where the light won't find you. Holding hands while the walls come tumbling down. When they do, I'll be right behind you. So glad we've almost made it. So sad they had to fade it. Everybody wants to Sizzle pants. Slow your roll. Viewer discretion is advised. Everybody, welcome back. Stories are running a cycle of the news to where we almost become sick of them. What happened to the stories that dominated the news for such a long time? Did they ever figure out what the actor or actress's death was caused by? Who was the killer in that string of murders? Does the legendary creature exist? Or was it made up by someone simply seeking attention? How did that one person die? Welcome to the aftermath where we hop in our time machines and figure out what ended up happening in the news stories we followed so intently and then never heard the ending to due to life smacking us in the face with more happenings forgotten story the death of common sense aka the life and death of george carlin may 12 1937 one of the greatest comedians to ever grace this earth was born his name was george dennis patrick carlin but why was this carlin guy so special he's regarded as one of the most influential stand-up comedians of all time when a radio station played a recording of carlin's seven dirty words routine it sparked a legal case over obscenity in the media and in 1978 the united states supreme court upheld the government's right to penalize stations that brought such material on public airwaves during the hours of 6 a.m. through 10 p.m. when the young audience was typically more tuned in. Carlin would often refer to himself as an atheist and avid cocaine user. His adversaries deemed him as an anti-religious and disrespectful of society comedian. However, the comedian's new material brought him success from the younger counterculture. Carlin showed his anti-establishment views by being the first host of the then risque TV show Saturday Night Live on October 11th 1975. In 1977, George Carlin started on his first of many HBO comedy specials on location, George Carlin at USC. In all, he did a whopping 
14 specials, including 2008's It's Bad For Ya. In 1990, Carlin compiled a multi-CD set that highlighted his work from the 70s titled George Carlin, The Little David Years, 71 through 77. The collection included the albums FM and AM, Class Cloud, Occupation, Fool, Toledo, Wooden Window Box, and Evening with Wally Londo featuring Slazzo, and On the Road. Carlin received two Grammy Awards for the FM and AM 1990 Jam in New York, which was released in 1992, for which he won a Grammy. You Are All Diseased in 1999 is abundant with his trademark satire and profanity about the American family life. In 1990, Carlin enjoyed success with television, starting with 1991. Prepare yourself. He provided the voice as the train conductor on the PBS kid-friendly Shining Time station for two years and narrated Thomas the tank engine and friends through 1998. Yes, he was actually involved in children's programming. He also starred as a cab driver in The George Carlin Show from 1993 to 1995. In 97, Carlin ventured into the book writing world with his first book entitled Brain Droppings. How'd he do? Well, he stayed on the New York Times bestseller list for 18 weeks, so I'd say he did pretty damn good with that book. In the future, he began to branch out, only this time to movies. Carlin took a number of comedic roles in films such as 1987's Outrageous Fortune and as Rufus, an emissary from the future in 1990's Bill and Ted. He took a more dramatic turn in The Prince of Tides in 91. He was featured in Kevin Smith's film Dogma in 99, in which he played Cardinal Glick, a fame-seeking religious figure. In 2006, he provided the voice to Fillmore, a hippie Volkswagen bus in the animated cars. The Death of George Carlin On June 22, 2008, one of the greatest comedic minds ever in the history of stand-up comedy passed away. Carlin died at St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica about 6 p.m. after being admitted earlier in the afternoon for chest pains. His spokesman, Jeff Abrams, told Reuters, Carlin was not just spouting rhetoric on stage. Everything he said he believed, according to his daughter Kelly Carlin. Quote, he taught me from day one that the black and brown people have always been oppressed horribly and systematically by the owners of wealth, end quote. She said, quote, he had a pure disdain and loathing for white men in America. All right, you big know-it-all, did you know? Harlan would make a total of 130 appearances on The Tonight Show. He had a filing system in which he saved every joke he thought of. Then when he was looking for a joke, for an example, he would just go to the, the file cabinet. Carlin's personal politics were easily known. Kelly Carlin said her father was, quote, 99% progressive, end quote, and that he raised her in a manner that today might be called being woke. The National Comedy Center is home to more than 25,000 items from Carlin's archives. The Comedy Center is located at 203 West 2nd Street, Jamestown, New York, 14701. And as an added bonus to their website, it offers videos and performances, interviews, and conversations with George Carlin and other comedians. In her father's later years, Kelly Carlin said, quote, if he had an idea for a topical joke, rather than put it in his act, he would share it with people like the broadcaster Keith Oberman, who was then the host of Countdown on MSNBC. Oberman confirmed this by saying that Carlin sent him a, quote, couple of one-liners about Bush and a sports joke that he keeps framed on his wall. Carlin also didn't like the word autobiography. Before his death in June of 2008, Carlin spent more than 10 years years working on his memoir, Last Words, with his longtime friend, Tony Hendra. Hendra, a writer and comedian, talks with Rebecca Roberts about Carlin's life and legacy. Before he passed away in 2008, George released over one dozen comedy albums. George Carlin experienced several heart problems, having three heart attacks over three decades, 
one in 78, one in 82, and one in 1999. In 2003, George required an ablation procedure due to an arrhythmia. He experienced significant heart failure in the year 2005. Three years later, on June 22, 2008, George once again experienced heart failure and passed away at a hospital in Santa Monica, California. The beloved comedian just one week prior performed his last stand-up comedy show. Carlin predicted the pandemic. Quote, we're circling the drain right now, Carlin said in interviews. Quote, Nero is playing his violin. It's all over for America. I can see an out-of-control pandemic wreaking havoc on this country and around the world, end quote. Carlin was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1987. He went to the same high school as Martin Scorsese, Regis Philbin, and Don DeLillo. He was the first ever host of Saturday Night Live, but he didn't remember the experience because he was so high on cocaine. His second of three heart attacks occurred during a baseball game. George Carlin was taking in a New York Mets Los Angeles Dodgers contest at Dodger Stadium with his agent in 82. Carlin was a Mets fan since his Dodgers had moved from Brooklyn to LA when he had his second heart attack. His dream career as a kid was to become a movie star like his idol, Danny Kaye. His memorable stand-up routines, which influenced many up-and-coming comedians including Baseball and Football, The Ten Commandments, and Seven Dirty Words You Can Never Say on Television, You Have to look up. Carlin ended up winning five Grammys for his albums FM and AM, Jammin' in New York, Brain Droppings, Napalm and Silly Putty, and It's Bad For You. Carlin's first hardcover book, Brain Droppings, spent 40 weeks in the New York Times bestseller list. Carlin inherited his love of language from his father, Patrick, who won a nationwide Dale Carnegie public speaking contest in 1935. Quote, he could talk a donkey's ear off, end quote, Carlin said of his father. He worked with Jack Burns on the Los Angeles KDAY AM in the mornings as the Wright Brothers. He attended Cardinal Hayes High School in the Bronx. Special thanks to the following. Biography.com walkoffame.com reuters.com comedycentral.com comedycenter.org npr mentalfloss thesun.com parade.com for the aftermath i'm your host dan hudson peace